0: does have it all all of our pre-owned
1: vehicles are hubler q certified which include a 128 point vehicle inspection a free carfax vehicle history report and two warranties a two-year 100,000 mile powertrain warranty and a 30-day 1,000 mile comprehensive warranty visit
0: any of our 13
1: locations today or click drivehubler.com. Has it all.
2: i'm brian no he's jimmy cook here on the fan i want to welcome in james boyd colts reporter at The Athletic. You know, I love this uh, this Nelly song in the background, James, because the the edited version where it's like, smoke up, and it's like, <sighs> I, would love it. I would either like skips or there's a sound. of. Do you go record skipping or a sound effect, which is your preferred method of uh, like uh, censoring the bad words in songs?
3: I'll say sound effects. I'm not a big record skip guy, because I feel like the song is messing up if I hear that.
2: (laughs) Um, I hear you, man. I'm with you. Who would be uh, one of your favorite artists where we're going to have to have a lot of sound effects for the radio version there?
3: Oh, Lil Wayne, for sure. (laughs) My favorite rapper of all time, and none of his music can be played in my household growing up unless I was home alone.
2: (laughs) Do you have a favorite uh, Lil Wayne song? Man, I would have to
3: say, in, in rotation right now, it's probably Rolling. Yeah. And, um, yeah, definitely cannot play that on the radio anywhere because the first few words are very uh, adult-rated, I guess.
2: <laughs> it's cool he's going to be with Skip Bayless, right, on Undisputed.
3: Hey, I mean, I'll tune in for maybe Lil Wayne, not huge in all the talking head shows, but, hey, he's the guy who's a legend and whatever he wants to do. If he wants a freestyle – Maybe a few times a week, I'm cool with
2: that, too. Yeah, there you go. That wouldn't be bad. Um, James, I was thinking about this, where Anthony Richardson named QB1. I guess it's a two-part question. Do you think his numbers in his rookie season will be better than Bears quarterback Justin Fields in his rookie season, or – do you think you could make an argument, even though limited experience? It's not like Justin Fields, passing wise, has crushed it. Do you think there's any chance Anthony Richardson's numbers this year could be better than Justin Fields' numbers this year?
3: This year, like both yeah. quarterbacks in the same year,
2: huh? Yeah,
3: I don't. I don't know if I want to say that. I do think that Justin Fields is taking a step forward, just supporting Cash a little bit better now in Chicago than it was when he first came in. I do think that Richardson has a better chance of having. A more productive rookie season than Justin Fields. Cause he just has more talent around him. Like Justin Fields did not have an MPJ coming into his rookie season. Um, certainly didn't have Alec Pierce and those types of guys. So I feel like the bears are just getting, you know, what I believe are like true NFL starters at their skill positions.
0: James, we've had you in here many a time over the summer and we know how, you know, invigorated you are across the board on the Colts beat for you with this being yet another breaking news nugget, yesterday, take us through your reaction to that news, and, and were you surprised at all by the timing of it?
3: Timing of
0: uh, of naming Anthony Anthony Richardson the starter. Yes, yes, yeah.
3: N- not really. I think he had to do it because we're watching practice, and it's like, okay, Anthony Richardson is taking the first team reps again, and so unless you're going to just lie to us, to our faces, and tell us, oh, it's for a competition when one guy's clearly taking all the first team reps. Um, it wouldn't make a whole lot of sense to kind of keep it under wraps. And, quite honestly, I think it will allow everyone else uh, we talk to from now until the season begins to just talk more freely about their expectations, you know, the team itself, Anthony Richardson, without kind of beating around the bush, like, oh, we kind of have to keep this under a veil, which would be a, a bad veil at that because everyone knew um, if you're not going to you know, split reps, obviously the starter is the guy you're giving the first team reps
2: to. He's James Boyd, Colts reporter at The Athletic. You think he's ready for week one, James? He said, who am I to be, you know,
3: saying I'm ready or not? And I was like, ah, I think you're ready. I, I mean, I feel like readiness is all based off of how you prepare, um, not necessarily how you perform. He's going to have ups and downs. You're going to go through some things where you probably scratch your head and get a little disappointed in what decisions he makes. But I do think that with uh, AR, he's shown enough class, humility, um, knowledge of the playbook, those types of things to at least be – I think, um, in a comfortable situation where he's not in over his head. As long as he's not in over his head, you just deal with the lumps that come with it and hope that he, uh, by season's end, looks a lot better than at the start of the season.
0: Colts beat writer for The Athletic, James Boyd. Nice now to take some time with us here on the Fan Midday Show. James, the philosophy of coaches on preseason versus joint practices has changed over the last three, four, five seasons to where it's almost like from an experience and a what we're going to display standpoint – it's been more amplified in these joint practices than the preseason games Uh, that being said this is a massive opportunity for anthony Richardson out of the gate what are you focused on most over the next couple of days at these joint practices
3: i think a lot of it is decision making timing and accuracy because you're going to be facing a defense that you haven't seen before there'll probably be a lot less vanilla than the preseason games because these aren't taped and you know you're not going to have a bunch of people breaking down the film of it uh so i think that The biggest thing for him is just, can he read and react? Can he stay upright with the offensive line? And also, uh, you know, can they fool him? Does he he throw a pick? Does he, you know, if he does, how does he respond? Similar to what we saw in the preseason opener. So I'm excited for that. And I think as far as position battles go, I'll try to keep an eye on all those things. But to be completely honest, all eyes are on Anthony Richardson because he is, you know, the team. He is the franchise at this point. So um, I'll have updates on other guys, but a lot of words on number five.
2: I like what you said right there, James. Between decision-making, timing, and accuracy, where he stands right now, which are you most confident about? Which are you least confident about as far as those three things go? I think his
3: decision-making is fine. Um, I think that he's made good decisions. A lot of it, to me, is just timing, which comes with you know relationships you have with your receivers, um, You know, your experience in the NFL, as far as like different routes and stuff like that. So I think that he's moving in the right direction, but to me, the timing is always the, usually the issue with him. And then also, um, one that I'll kind of throw out there, you can put it in whatever category, is just how does he respond with his feet to pressure? Because he, when he's getting pressure, um, the last few times I've seen him throw, he usually misses high, and then he's missing high because he had to set his feet. And so, you know, he'll just uncork a throw, and you'll kind of, you know, be in awe of the arm angle and stuff like that, but then you're also like, okay, you got to get the lower half of your body together, because once he does that, The ball usually goes where it's supposed to go. So that, to me, is just all reps. Like, do it over and over again until it becomes second nature instead of, you know, you thinking
0: about it every drop back. James, we clearly don't want Anthony Richardson to solely be utilizing his legs and and going to, you know, bail out on the responsibilities of being a passer (laughs) and just focus on being a runner first. But that said, we've seen it both from his highlight reels as well as a little bit in that game against Buffalo, what he can do when he gets into open space. Where, if anything, will that be evaluated or worked into the equation both this week against the Bears in joint practices and in preseason?
3: I think you, if you're the Bears, you should make sure to um, – have the Bears, I'm sorry. If you're the Colts going against the Bears in the joint practices, I think you should absolutely try to do some of that RPO stuff early because to me – you can't hit him in the joint practices. So why not see, you know, how good he is at it, his decision-making, if it's, you know, a hint of what might work in a real game, because to me, you don't want to put him in a ton of situations where he's going to be trying to run over dudes and stuff like that in the actual game. Now he showed a flash net against Buffalo and everyone was excited, but I'm like, eh, you know, lowering the shoulder and all that stuff is not always a, a good thing for your quarterback, because eventually you're going to meet someone on the other side. who's going to lower their shoulder too. And, uh, It's not something you want to see from, you know, him. You know, soldiers are a lot more important for quarterbacks than probably any other position.
2: He's James Boyd from The Athletic. Man, you know, we had the same exact reaction where he ran over Kyrie Elam. And I get it, right? Just the way the play unfolded, James, it wasn't your standard. He was in the open field and he just chose not to slide. It was really bang, bang. But I still had the same reaction where I'm like, is sliding in Anthony Richardson's NFL playbook, right? Like, I wanted to see him get down instead of taking that additional punishment.
3: That's actually a good point. I have not seen very many Anthony Richardson slides on tape, so I'm sure that's something they're going to, like, beat into his head because it's not, you know, high school or college where you're always the best athlete on the field. Now, I do think that he's going to be that, you know, in most cases, but there's a lot of very talented, fast guys in the NFL who are, you know, I think – just, quite honestly, want to humble the kid. Not even saying that he's yeah. not humble, but you know how it is. When you're number four pick and everyone's saying you're Superman, all those things, the other guys hear that too, and they're like, okay, well, yeah. let's see if we can be his kryptonite. So, you know, don't always feed into that and make sure that uh I'm sorry, I'm in the grocery store. Uh, let's make sure that he, uh, you know, protects himself.
0: James, I know that you mentioned all your focus is going to be on Anthony Richardson like everybody else, but we've mentioned that man, having Jonathan Taylor out there, there's no doubt it would be beneficial to Anthony Richardson's development. Since that's not happening, I don't want to say for the foreseeable future, but, but at least until week one or maybe beyond, what more do you need to see out of the running backs on this depth chart? Because it was not, I don't want to call it not a positive day, but it wasn't the type of day the Colts were hoping for in the preseason opener against the Bills.
3: To be honest, it should be in the sense of just bring JT back by any means necessary. Now, obviously that won't involve a huge contract, but to me it's like you're asking guys to do something they've never done before. You know, Deion Jackson's been in the league for three years. You know, he probably has a little bit more growth in him, but to ask him to be a three-down back and a power runner um, is just not a thing. He just doesn't have that same speed that JT has, which makes him different. You know, Ed Dodd, the assistant general manager, said it the other day, the home run speed is what makes JT different than other running backs because they're good runners, but he can hit a hole and be gone. And so to me, it's like just expanding the issue and making it very evident that, you know, whatever disagreements they have, you want to make sure that he's available for your rookie quarterback because, you know, without JT, life gets a lot harder. I don't care who says it. I don't care how much people think that you can just replace running backs. You can't replace what he does. um, specifically for an offense that, you know, isn't all that great to begin with, and it's dealing with the rookie quarterback. So, I mean, I, I believe in Deion Jackson, Evan Hall, but none of those guys are JT. So, figure it out if you're the Colts front office and if you're
2: JT himself. I need to know your grocery store preferences here, James. I've got three rapid fires for you. Favorite <laughs> fruit? What is at the top of the list for you? Grapes. Great. I'm same way, man. I love grapes. Which
0: color? Green or red?
3: I actually don't care as long as they're like not like mushy. I feel them; they're hard. It's like all right; they're probably pretty good.
2: <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Favorite vegetable? Uh,
3: let me think. Probably corn. Corn is the easy
2: one. Man, dude, we we are uh, sinking up right over here. Favorite non-water drink?
3: <laughs> Lemonade, easily. But I'm a big water drinker, though. Like since I have moved out, I've been out of my own for maybe. Three years now. I don't buy juice. Like I just kind of have it whenever I'm out at a you know a place or an event. But I just buy water pretty much all the time to make sure I, I stay hydrated and I'm not you know being too childish with my meals and stuff like that.
2: You probably have to hydrate more being out there at camp, right? Oh, I'm a big banana guy on these days. You know, gotta yeah. keep the
3: potassium so the legs don't cramp up and. Yeah, man, I'm an athlete when I'm out there.
2: (laughs) Have you ever cramped up while asking a question? Like in a press conference setting, that'd be the worst. No, I actually have not had that happen, but I've seen it happen in real
3: time where, you know, people have like that brain cramp and it's like, oh, I forgot my question. It's like, dude, at that point you just ask whatever. You know, the the default for all the journalists out there who want to do what I do, if you ever forget your question, just ask something about the best player on the team. It always works.
2: Yeah, no doubt. Uh, James, will let you run. One last one for me, though. I don't know if you have one, Jimmy, but Gardner Minshew. I'm just impressed with the professionalism. You can tell it's genuine that he really does want Anthony Richardson to do well, and he's not miffed about being named QB2, if you will. What have you overseen from Gardner, his approach, and seems to be completely genuine with what he says about A. Rich to me?
3: A true class act. I know everyone wants their kids to grow up to be – the Anthony Richardson's of the world, the starting quarterback, the prodigy, the, you know, golden arm kid or whatever. But Gardner is more realistic, in my opinion, where, you know, it's so hard to mention the NFL, obviously, but just the character-wise, not maybe having the super, super high talent level, but never letting that deter his work ethic, his character, his leadership. So I think that he's been, you know, very, very, very classy and a lot more friendly about the whole situation than a lot of quarterbacks wouldn't be. So uh, I think that he's very self-aware. And I do think that if the opportunity presents itself where you have to play for any reason, um, he'll be ready for it. But he's not going to be like, you know, waiting or praying for Anthony Richardson to fail. Like, that's just not in him. And I think that yesterday really showed, um, again, how classy he is. Because you can see all those things at the beginning of the season where you're competing and beginning a training camp. But when you lose the competition and you still say that, I'm like, you know what? This guy might be uh, pretty good.
0: James, are we getting a bucket hat? What's happening? Is there a change <laughs> in the bucket hat rotation? Did you make a decision? Are you going to get an IE one? What's happening?
3: Oh, man, you're putting me on the spot. Let's see. <laughs> We're I running out of time. Four practices left yeah. or whatever. I know you're on me about this. <laughs> I want make it happen one of these days. I got I got some time. I'm a procrastinator, man. I thought my best work comes at the last minute. I'm clutch like that.
2: Clutch, Gene. I like it. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> all right, James, man. Thanks for the time. Crushed it as always. Hope you have a good day. Thanks, James.
3: Appreciate it, man. You all have a good one. All
2: right, you too. There he is, James Boyd, Colts reporter at The Athletic. I'm Brian No, he's Jimmy Cook, here on The Fan. Pleased to welcome in Rhett Lewis, NFL Network Analyst, IU Football Radio Analyst, <laughs> joining us here on the show. Rhett, um, our guy James Boyd, he writes at The Athletic. He was just on, and he was just at the grocery store. And oh. so I I had to know what his favorite fruit and what his favorite vegetable, what, what he put at the top of the list. What would you go with as far as those Ooh. two categories?
1: Good, uh, good questions. Um, so, man, I am the, uh, I'm a big mango fan uh, on the fruit side of things. Uh, could also be uh, talked into uh, one of those uh, apple pears, which are like a, a bigger kind of apple, but it's got more of a pear consistency. Mm. Uh, really solid. Um, and then on the veggie side, look, um, I, you know, I like to, I I can keep it simple there. Uh, broccoli, uh, it's been like among my top three favorite foods since I was a kid. Um, and, uh, always, always love to get the, uh, to get the veggies in.
2: Man, Red, I got to tell you real fast. That's been a running joke with my mom for I don't know how long—years and maybe decades. Where if I I call her and I'm like, "Yeah, I'm uh I'm at Chick Fil A, I'm at the drive-through or Burger King oh, or whatever," no. she's always like, y- "You're gonna get broccoli there too, right?" Like, so we've joked about that forever, <laughs> man. Yeah. Love brooms. Yeah. Um, awkward transition, but to the Colts, yeah. huh? Like Anthony Richardson, QB one. What do you think about the timing of the decision and the decision itself to name him the starter?
1: Yeah, look, I think um, it, it makes a lot of sense based on where they want to go. And it was clear from the get-go, you know, when when he was drafted and Jim Irsay came out and talked about, hey, we've got to get him ready to start. And you're like, oh, okay. I didn't necessarily, you know, know that that was going to be the case with a player who's only started 13 games in his career collegiately. Um, you know, and, and so with the limited experience, you wondered if maybe they might slow play it. It's clear his skill set is allowing them to now fast track it, right? Um, he's got the immense athleticism. He's got the terrific arm. He's, he can make all these, cra- all these great throws. Um, and now it's about tailoring the game and the offense to fit those skills. Kind of the same way that Shane Steichen did it with Nick Sirianni when they were in Philly with Jalen Hurts and putting him in the best possible scenarios to succeed. And, and for me, when it, for Anthony, like, I know he can do all the crazy stuff. Like, I, I want to see him hit the easy stuff. I want to see him stack completion, stay on schedule, get first downs. Like, I want to see that on a consistent basis. And I, I feel like, you know, that's something the Colts would have had to have seen to feel comfortable enough to say, all right, let's go ahead and roll here.
0: Red, I know it's a case by case basis for rookie quarterbacks, but generally speaking, where do you usually stand on on rookie QBs? Do do you prefer they sit a year, not just with Anthony Richardson, but just broad strokes? Yeah,
1: you know, it's hard to it's hard to kind of lump everyone together. Um, You know, like I think you could have made the argument, you know, when Patrick Mahomes was coming out, um, that he, you know, he had more college tape out there, even though it was maybe a little bit less structured in terms of uh, in terms of system and scheme than, than Anthony did or than Anthony did. And still he sat for a year. And that obviously worked out very well for him. Um, you know, I, I think you do have to take it case by case. You know, I think it was clear that the uh, the Carolina Panthers drafted Bryce Young, number one overall, to be their quarterback, number one from minute one. Um, and and so I, I think it's just it, it's a matter of where the guys are when they come into the league, how quickly they get up to speed once they get here, and then what you can project moving forward. And you know, I, I just and it also I think has to do with supporting cast too. You know, like is this guy going to be asked to carry this thing, or can we can we kind of help him along together?
2: Rhett Lewis joining us here on the Fan NFL Network analyst. Of the three top quarterbacks, Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, Anthony Richardson, which of those three do you think will have the most successful rookie season? Who do you think is going to have the least successful one?
1: Yeah, um, it's, a, it's kind of a tough one there because the skill positions around those three guys that we expect to start, if, if we're talking about Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, and Anthony Richardson – are still a little unsettled. Certainly with the Colts as they deal with Jonathan Taylor and that whole situation. I think if JT comes back and is healthy and can give you, gosh, I don't know, at least fourteen games out of the seventeen, like you can be talking about Anthony Richardson as as a you know as the guy that generates the most success for his team. Um, you know, I think I think CJ Stroud's in a good position, but those are some young guys that he's got with the exception of Robert Woods, uh, wide receiver, running back, and. Um, you know, a first-time offensive coordinator there in Bobby Swolek, so maybe there's a little bit of catch-up time needed. Uh, and then I would say Bryce Young, you know, is probably the odds-on favorite uh, when you look at coaching staff, when you look at scenario around him, when you look at the division that he's in. Uh, I think there's probably a bit more of an opportunity based on what we're looking at right now for Bryce Young to find
0: the most success. Rhett, what do you make of the Jonathan Taylor situation from the national perspective?
1: Yeah, uh, tough. You know, like I think I understand, you know, Jonathan Taylor's desire, um, and I don't argue with the fact that he's probably earned more than he's making right now. You know, I think there's a, there's a part of you that says, you know, that, that that is the nature of this business. And, you know, I don't think it's a surprise to anyone um, when you get in here and, and things get a little bit more difficult on the business side. And, you know, you feel like you're worth more than you're getting paid. I feel like we all kind of feel like that at times. Um, and so like, I can kind of see that from Jim Irsay's view and, and from the Colts' view and, and they're like, Hey, look, you know, this is, this is the rookie deal. This is what it is. Everybody else signed it too. And you know, like we'll take care of you when the time comes and the time is not now. Um, But I I think there, there is an exception in that Jonathan Taylor has meant, you know, (laughs) arguably more to this team than any other second rounder uh, has, at least from that draft class, you know, with the way that, that he can produce when he's healthy. So it's just tough. You know, I think both sides have a case and, you know, hopefully they can find some middle ground.
2: Rhett, you think about the James Harden situation with the 76ers (laughs) and he just called Daryl Morey, a liar publicly. And he's comfortable with making things uncomfortable. And, you might have to do that when you're in the middle of a either contract dispute or you want to be elsewhere. Like, how uncomfortable do you think it might get with Jonathan Taylor, who isn't wired the exact same way? But if he's trying to get what he thinks he deserves, he might have to play hardball. Different sport in the running back market, yeah. being where it is. How do you think? what's the next next chess move for Jonathan right. Taylor? What's your best guess as far as that goes
1: look he's a he's a super dude, and you guys know that uh probably you know from being an Indian and being around him uh really smart kid really i mean really self aware like just a of you know really up and up like he's he's one of you know total first class every, all the way um in my interactions with him so Um, I feel for him. I I want him to get every dollar that he's worth and that he desires. Um, But I feel like there's, there's some leverage here that that he just doesn't, isn't going to have, especially as we draw closer to the season. He's on, he's under contract, right? This is not like Josh Jacobs, who is not under contract in Las Vegas. You know, he got the franchise tag out there, hadn't signed it, not in camp and all that. Um, So this is a, you know, this is a, whatever you want to call it, um, you know, hold in whatever with the with the ankle and you hope that that's getting 100%. But, like, he's got he's to report – he's got to be able to play, um, you know, a certain amount of games in order to get an accrued season uh, on, on, his, on his career so that he can become an unrestricted pre-agent at some point. Otherwise, you know, he's going to revert back. And, 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 obviously, that's not an issue – for him as long as the Colts keep him on the PUP list. But if they decide that, Hey, he passes his physical, he's good to go. He's off PUP and all that. And um, it's time to go. And then he's not playing, you know, then, you know, it's a different conversation. So I just don't know how much leverage he really has.
0: Rhett Lewis with us, host NFL Networks, so was a color analyst for IU football and a former Hoosier wideout in his own right. Uh, going off of that last part, Rhett, how do you yeah. feel about the Big Ten being vastly different than what you grew up with in in 2024 next season?
1: Dude, I'm sitting here on the west side of Los Angeles. There's no better time to be a Big Ten alum <laughs> in Southern California. Are you kidding me! I run the West Coast bureau over here, man. Uh, this, is, this is fantastic. Come on over, you guys. Come out and hang out with us here a little bit. It's uh, you know the weather's nice, nice and sunny. we um, it's it's fantastic. So I, I'm I'm stoked uh, that I, I'm going to get a chance to kind of be a bigger part of the, the, the Big Ten from a West Coast perspective here. I already do a lot of work over with my buddies on uh, Big Ten radio. And, um, you know, I, I, I'm really excited about it. I think, it's, um, I think it's a wild world out there that we're all kind of coming to grips with um, on a minute-by-minute basis. But um, there's no better time to be a member institution of the Big Ten. And, you know, I, it, as long as we keep that momentum where it's at right now, Um, I'm all in all in on the big 10. And, and, you know, like, I I just hope we don't go back to divisions. I hope we can find a way, a path forward (laughs) where we just got rid of those dang things. Let's not go back there. Um, And, uh, and and I'm, I'm excited for the Hoosiers this season as well,
2: man, that, that big 10 hotbed Los Angeles, you know, (laughs) it's crazy, man. Yeah. It's crazy where we've come. All right, Rhett. Well, Hey man, crushed it today. Good stuff. Good to catch up with you. And, uh, Listen, man, I'm going to check out some mango. You, uh, you sold And I haven't had apple pears. I've never mm-hmm. had one yeah. of those. Sometimes called Asian pears. So uh, be on the lookout. They're, uh,
1: they're big time.
2: Yeah. Good stuff, man. Well, hey, have a good day. We'll catch up with you later. All right, man. Go Hoosiers. See you guys. See you. There he is, Brett Lewis, NFL Network Analyst, also IU Football Radio Analyst.